Hello, everybody. It's Brother Kapow from Sickville. <laughs> and this is Miss Kapow. And um, today's date is <clears throat> January 5th, 2020. And Brother Kapow is uh, in Sickville because he's not feeling well. He has the chills, the fever, the um, achy bones. Delirium. Delirium. Oh, yeah. He's just not feeling good. We've seen aliens. <laughs> I don't think so. But anyways, I wanted to talk today about the the show for today. Um, I found this young lady this um, on New Year's Eve. I was flipping through YouTube and I found this lady. And she's a Christian and she's singing a song called, I Miss My Time With You. It's Jesus singing to his church, to you the individual he's singing to you so many times we're just so busy our days are so packed we're doing good things we're going to work we're taking care of the family we're taking care of the children you know um many of us are doing things for the church you know we're praying we're reading the bible we're you know we're just busy doing life and a lot of times even when we're reading the bible or we're praying it's a short prayer oh lord please bless our day i love you and you're off Kind of like when you do with your, your spouse, you know, you're, you're late for work. Okay, honey, I love you. I'll talk, talk to see you later. And you just off. Um, we tend to do that to the Lord and he's just waiting patiently to have fellowship with us. And this song, this, the way this woman, it begins where she's talking about her day, who she is and how busy she is, the things that she's doing. She's doing a lot of stuff for the Lord, for her family. And it's God, the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit that's saying, I miss, I miss my time with you. And so throughout the, the story, she interludes this song, this melodic words of Jesus calling out to us, saying, I want to, I want to spend time with you. I, I love you. You know, that's why he saved us because he wants to have fellowship with us. The father, you know, I was telling uh, brother Paul that many times, you know, I always think of God as aloof. It's always Jesus, you know, but when you really read the word of God, you see that it's God's plan for salvation. It's God's plan and so he sent his son, his beloved son, his beautiful son, his one and only son to come in the flesh, to become like us, to leave glory, to come to earth, to be like us and suffer and die. The scripture says that he was crucified and, in, and on the third day he was risen again and now is seated at the right hand of the father. And now the father has given us the Holy Spirit through his son, but it's God, the father that wants humanity to be reconciled to him. He knows that he has to have, he has to produce the wrath, you know, because he's a just God, he's righteous and there has to be wrath, but he doesn't want his creation to be punished or to be banned from his presence. So he sends his only remedy his beloved son, God made flesh into this world to die for our sins. 
so that through his son, Jesus, through his death and resurrection, through his death and resurrection, he's able to reconcile humanity to himself. That's God the Father. And as I was studying the word and, and really looking at the, the different characters, the different people, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, I began to really see God the Father as a very gentle, caring, loving, merciful God, you know, and he's very um, present with our salvation because it was his idea from the beginning of, of time. It was his idea and it was his idea to send his son and it's his idea that we should not be orphans and leave us alone while Jesus was uh, ascended unto the right hand of the Father. It was him that sent the Holy Spirit once again through his son Jesus, that we have the Holy Spirit staying with us, living with us until the end, till the day of redemption. And then it's God the Father that has produced in us, produced a, a new heaven and a new earth where we can fellowship with him, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit, that we can fellowship in joy and righteousness, that all, there wouldn't be no death. But that was all because God the Father, his plan, his plan of redemption for us through his Son, Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Ghost. And this song or this story that this lady um, shares with us, it's called, I miss my time with you. It's the Holy Spirit calling out to us, saying, I miss, I miss my time with you. And as she narrates the story, at the end of the story, goes into the song. And you can just feel, she sings with such feeling, such anointing. It's not just feeling, it's just the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And you can feel him just beckoning you, just calling out to you just wanting to love you, just wanting to bask in your presence, just wanting to know who you are. Just, you know, when you just love somebody so much, you don't have to say anything. You just want to be in their presence and just enjoy their person, their, their company, but you don't have to say anything. It's just being there with them. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do with you because we're one. We're one with God the Father. We're one with God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's all of us together. We're one with one each, with each other because of the Holy Spirit. And but he but he, the Holy Spirit, the the living God wants to spend time with you. So I encourage you to listen. Listen, pray. Ask the Lord to open your ears, your heart, your eyes, especially your heart. And don't let nothing dis distract you, but listen to the words. Listen to the story. And then at the end, listen to the song. But listen with your heart, the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And as he draws you, don't just listen to that. And as he draws you, Follow your heart towards the Holy Spirit. Be in his presence. Be in fellowship with him. You don't even have to say anything. Just be in his presence. I know that you are going to be blessed. 
I know that I know that I know that you are going to be blessed and you're going to be praising God because God the Father, this was his plan. Think about it. This was his plan from the very, very beginning. You know, when Linda discovered this, she uh, turned me on to it a few days later. And um, I, I watched it and I was just blown away. I mean, just really, really moved. The thing is, is for, at least for me, and I think a lot of men may be like this because we're men and you have God the Father. You know, when you're when you're studying theology and things like that, you, God is, uh, one of the things is God doesn't need anything. You know, God is self-contained. Mm-hmm. He's all sufficient. So he doesn't need you. He doesn't need me to accomplish anything. You know, he's God. And, but sometimes as, as men, I think we can take that to a, a level where, well, he doesn't need you. Um, you need him. And so everything about your relationship is, is you asking and petitioning him for things. Um, or you'll get praise and glory, you know, because, you know, you read the book on prayer and it's, you know, you did the Lord's prayer and hallowed be thy name and everything. But you missed, uh, you, you missed the point that he's a loving God, agape, which is not even in our English language, but it's a deep love. This, this deep love he has for his creation, for his creatures, us, that he wants to commune with us. So it is true theologically that God doesn't need us. But spiritually, it's not true. Mm -mm. Spiritually, he wants us. He needs us to worship him. He needs us to be in fellowship with him. He needs us to trust him. He needs us to be in obedience with him. He needs us to listen to his word and apply it in our lives. He needs us to carry out the kingdom tasks on on this earth that he's placed us under. And he needs his time with us. And when I when I heard this, it put a whole different perspective on how how I would view prayer often, you know, oftentimes. And this last week, and Linda and I were talking about how we need to go into the throne room more often. I mean, we, we have to have our set time, you know, and Linda used to have that all the time, four in the morning. She would read the word, have her set time praying until demon boys came and ruined our lives. Yeah. When the demon boys came, everything went upside down. And um, so when she wants to do time, she's hindered by these demonic spirits who, who will hinder her Bible reading will hinder her prayer time, will hinder her, that will cloud her thinking. Um, and it's it's just it's just the way they work. It's very strong. And for me, my prayer time is very limited in the morning. Um, but if demons are operating, they affect me also, and I can't get that. So what, what's happening is her and I were both um, not on purpose, we didn't want to, but because of the, the intense battle that we're, we're fighting, our, our alone time with God has been neglected. What I've been doing lately is just taking walks. 
and just praying. Uh, yesterday we just walked and I uh, was just looked into the sunset and I just started praying first, talking to father and then Linda started praying. We just, just talk, just here we are. But what's come to our attention is just to enter into his throne and, and get our batteries recharged because we're spiritually drained, spiritually dead. We're around spiritually dead people. And I'm not talking people in the world. I'm talking people of the church. They're spiritually dead. They don't listen to the voice of God. They don't hearken to the Holy Spirit in them. Uh, many of them don't even believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. How in the heck are they supposed to help you? And I was telling Linda today, God forbid, I don't wish this on anybody, but if what's happening to us happens to 100% of the people we know, they're going to be in a world of hurt because there's nobody going to be there for them. Nobody. Um, it's a faithless, milk toast, jellyfish, spineless Christianity of a religion that we live. I'm highly disappointed with God's people. I even told them that the other day. I said, your people suck. <laughs> you know, and there's a, there's a reason why I said that. I'm talking about specific people that uh, I physically know. I'm not talking about Kapow radio people or, you know, you guys. I, I'm not talking about that. But there was a specific incident. Um, and we need to reconnect. And we can only reconnect through our time. We have to recharge those batteries. Our spirit, our spirit man has to be rejuvenated we have to go back to the to the to the book of acts mm -hmm. we have to go back to that um how whatever that takes you know so anyway so i gotta say about that so her name is mickey mangun she's a pastor's wife of anthony mangun and if you care to look them up they're they're from the uh, pentecostals of alexandria the POA church in Alexandria, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And they are, um, you know, Pentecostals and they operate in the uh, power of the Holy Spirit. Mighty. Uh, we've, we've watched you know, just dozens of their preaching and their sermons and stuff. And uh, you know, there, there is a group of people out there operating in power and it's over there <laughs> in Alexandria. Um, so anyway, I think you're going to enjoy this. Just listen to the spirit of it and let it minister to you. Uh, and we just, just all, you know, we should just really make that commitment to get back into his presence. Amen. Amen. You know, 24-7. Don't ever leave it and never, ever take it for granted, people. Never yeah. take it for granted. Okay? Yeah. Just love God. Just love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and and be appreciative of the holy spirit be appreciative of of the lord jesus christ what he did for us be appreciative of god the father and his his redemption plan to send his only begotten son for our sins for our salvation be very 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 appreciative all right without further ado here we go
There's a lovely story of a bird named Jonathan Livingston Siegel. It tells of his freedom. It tells of his survival. They made a film from the book and with great interest. I read about the filming, how the effects were done. Most of the shots that were filmed were taken of Jonathan as he was in flight, soaring and gliding in such beauty and in such liberty. But in actuality, though the viewer could not see, he was tied to a perch by strings. It was an invisible string. He only appeared to be free. The strings that bind us to our Christian reputation are so strong. Just as the seagull were tied, tied to things, tied to concerns, important as they well may be, but we are so attached to them that they have control over us. Yet don't we give the appearance of freedom? It was the second week of January this year. My very dear and admired friend, Phyllis Nordstrom, asked me in the midst of Nelson's third birthday party, Mickey, what day belongs to just you? When and where do you go and regroup? Well, immediately I had to find something. I had to find some answer for the sake of that which I've identified myself with for so long. A very extremely busy person, yet never ruffled. You see, the outside of me goes to church and sings in the choir and it plays the organ, runs a bus route, it attends every baby shower, wedding shower, home Bible study meetings, prayer meetings, goes to the hospital, nursing homes, visits the shut-ins, takes part in community service, donates blood, writes notes. I'm a carpool mom. I say hi to my husband now and then. I fix a meal if there's time, take my children to the park if there's time, visit my 87-year-old grandmother if there's time, and laughs with my sister if there's time. Whatever answer I gave you, Phyllis, it wasn't true. Because you see, I have the feeling that if I work harder and longer and give more of myself, that I will in time achieve at last a sense of maturity, a sense of accomplishment. And most certainly I'm going to gain the confidence and the approval of people. The Pharisees did. They dressed themselves up as God's champions, made sure that their deeds were seen by men. Were they visible? 
They loved the place of honor at the feast. They loved the best synagogues. They loved to be seen in the best seats. Matthew said that they adored salutations and they loved being called rabbi. What a performance of spirituality. Oh, bless you, Sister Mickey. What a worker you are. You just can't seem to do enough for the kingdom of God. Yes, my calendar is jammed with good things to do. Really, Phyllis, I'm not much different than those Pharisees. How I act on the outside can quite often be likened to a performance. The stage is set, and the scene, it's always the same scene. Lasts and lasts until the actor drops from total empty exhaustion. Oh, I know that outward manifestations are important. I learned all of this from my own mom and dad. Visibility is a great strength. Much is taught, much is learned by the power of example. It's just that from time to time, in my moments of burned out emptiness, I realize that outward manifestations can never take the place of my inward manifestation. What we contain is much more than what we are. There he was just waiting in our old familiar place. Oh, how I remember Knoxville, Iowa. For the very first time, you were there, Mom. Only seven years old, but I was allowed to experience that awesome feeling. I can still remember the frustration of trying to reveal what had just happened to me. It was so big. It was so magnificent. But I tried so hard to make him fit into the joy that I was feeling but I couldn't say it I couldn't explain it good enough maybe it was there that I realized that life in Jesus Christ is so internal that it can't be externalized completely why did I forget that how did I complicate the simplicity of that revelation at such a young age. Maturity came. And along with it came achievement and accomplishment. There's no doubt that the historical facts of Christ are clear and certainly the biblical truths are sure. But the reality of Jesus Christ is always a matter of the heart. Inwardness is where we and the Lord meet. It is there that the union is made. A oneness is born out of two hungers. I hunger for him and he 
me. There have been times that I wanted God just as desperately as I did that night on the cold floor. But in my pursuit of trying to find him, he became him. He keep it, it was invisible. God, where are you? And all along, he was so near to me that I didn't see him. was the last place I looked. An empty spot beside him where once I used to wait to be filled with strength and wisdom for his vessels. God created us to be receptacles of himself, thereby allowing him a place to live but in spite of his readiness to invade our lives some of us hold nothing our inner man created by God to contain himself holds nothing more but dreams and aspirations of doing more reaching more and saying more Jesus' life was surrounded by demands, by intrusions, but they never deterred him from his priority or his sense of mission. When I've studied his life, I have never gotten the impression that he ever hurried or was bothered. He was never unnerved, never responded in a way that was out of line with his character. How did he maintain such composure? He must have known his limits well. Strange as it may seem, Christ knew what I can't seem to get a grip on. Time must be properly set and used for the gathering of inner strength. Busy? Yes, he was. Pressured, oh God. He was so consumed by the needs of people. He had no private life to speak of. Except when he spent time alone. He managed very adequate amounts of time alone. For the sole purpose of prayer and meditation. He knew that unless we have time, set aside to be with him that all the hours that are spent in our schedules all of our commitments mean absolutely nothing they are of no value whatsoever what will I have to offer how can I truly care my efforts have no meaning if your presence isn't there. We've not been adequately taught to appreciate the need for disengagement for anything other than personal leisure. So much of what we call rest today is merely amusement. During a time of 
withdrawal to meditate. It's so easy for the enemy to impulse our brains with, this is really a waste of time. You know, this might even be on the verge of um, mental games. But meditation is not a place where hidden mysteries lurk, and it is certainly not idleness. May I submit to you that meditation is a vigorous discipline of the inner self. The outward man serves God, but it's the inner man that fellowships God. Mother Teresa of Calcutta had it so right when she said, Pray for me that I not loosen my grip on the hands of Jesus, even under the guise of ministry to the poor. It casts a different light on the scene. When I realize that communion in a quiet place of withdrawal is not just for me, it's for Him. He calls us. He waits and He wants so much to enjoy intimate fellowship with us. He calls us as He did Adam and Eve. We have an invitation to join Him. But do we hear? Fellowship. Oh, what fellowship with Him. Our fellowship may be marked with laughter and with tears, but we meet Him because He, he needs us and we need Him. Not because we need to laugh and cry, but because I have a need for Him and He hath a need for me. And so, Mickey, what day is yours? Do you retreat to restock? little Jonathan and they make my going into our secret place a chore instead of a delight but you'll provide the power if I just take time to pray time that four letter word that haunts me it's so significant because it's so rare sure I feel the last days the threat territory that Satan stole from us yesterday. Yes, yes, I feel it. I hear it. It drives me. But I miss my time with you. Those moments together. I need to be with you each day. And it hurts me when you say you're too busy. Too busy. 
we can't give what we don't have. Tell me, how can you serve me when your spirit
Beside you, and you'll never 